Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Tim Petrop, here with the only two twins that are ready to actually get an episode out. Hopefully, we cross our fingers that the file is not corrupt this week. Yeah, I hope so. I destroyed you guys in the last mock draft. I, d- I uh, had a higher percentage than both of you combined. Uh, percentage of what? Percentage of sucky players? Percentage of votes, dweeb. <laughs> <laughs> so uh last time we had a mock draft and we got our file corrupted if you follow us on twitter at brodo fantasy uh you could have seen the mock draft and voted for it today i have redemption because i came in last place in the poll also we have bob lung joining us he is the creator of a consistency guide that won a lot of prestigious awards we'll go over all of his accomplishments coming up but make sure you stay tuned at the end for our guy bob lung um but let's get this mock draft started what do you say guys let's do it ready the right. Proto Fantasy okay. Football Podcast. Why is it ready, Freddy? Why isn't it ready, Teddy? Freddy Gregory. Ready, ready. Ready, Gregory doesn't work very well. All right. Anyway, so... um. <laughs> We're going to start this mock. Uh, how we're doing it, let's let's put it for you um, in just a second here. We have the way that we usually do all our mocks. Um, that is with one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, two flex, one kicker, and one defense. It is a 15-round mock, mock draft. We will take you throughout the whole mock, mock draft, and then we'll give you our boards and see who you think is the winner. Um Last time we did, okay, bless me. Thank me. <laughs> Last time we did. Um, oh, Quinn and Williams are here. Bless me. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yo, Quinn Williams got a, got a bad rap for that because the guy said, bless you. And he was just, I guess, nervous. And he said, um, uh, uh, bless you. Thank you. Yeah, I don't think he got a bad rap. I just think it was hilarious. The yeah, but everyone was like, this guy's out here blessing himself. Like, nah. Nah, nah. Kind of did. He said, bless you. Thank you. All right, guys. So uh, let's get into this right away because mock drafts take forever. Everyone knows that. How we're doing this is Michael has the 101. Jason has the 1.6. And I have the 111. So we are spreading ourselves out on the board. Uh, Probably won't be taking each other's players, which is always what happens when we draft back-to-back in leagues. Every single, almost every league I'm in, I always find myself facing against the Twins, which makes it a lot harder for me to win. So I don't appreciate that. Um, But today, but today I am going to win. Um, So (laughs) what do you say, guys? Ready to get started? Let's do it. Ready, Freddy. All right. The mock draft. Dun, dun, dun. Has begun. Michael, you are on the clock. Who are you picking? I'm on the clock. I got the number one overall pick. I'm sticking with the guy that I have said has been my number one overall pick for uh, basically since the offseason started. For me, I'm not scared about the uh, offense around him. I am obviously talking about Saquon Barkley here. Uh, Obviously... The Giants offense, Eli Manning's there, no more OBJ. It's not going to be a great offense, but it is still going to be all Saquon Barkley. This guy had over 2,000 yards last year, 91 receptions, 15 touchdowns. He He's a lock to be a top five running back. 
number one overall, you want the uh, the surety as well. So I'm taking Saquon. The surety. Yeah, right. I mean, we're going to have a problem right off the bat when you're talking about a surety because uh, as we focus on a lot on the show, we tell no. you. <laughs> Jason, just watch this guy go. I'm, I'm update you guys on what happened, what's happening in a second. But um, as uh, as we say in the show all the time, um, in the first round, everyone always thinks they're getting a stud. But on average, every year out of the 12 first round picks, five of them on average every year bust right so you're almost guaranteed that at least every year there's going to be four to six busts depending and you want to take that less risk and i think saquon barkley is a giant risk he's going to be facing uh big uh, he's going to be the number one let's stop this guy on the team um now it's established after last season i don't know man i don't, I don't like saquon barkley with the one-on-one it, it it has shades of david johnson of last exactly, year exactly though it has shade to David Johnson, and David Johnson was a running back 10 last year. And you don't want to take that as the number one overall pick. You but want to Todd Gurley. It's a gigantic risk. It's a risk with a pretty high floor. Facts. But you got the 101. I'm not saying don't draft him in the first round. What Facts. I'm saying is don't draft him with the 101. Eh, debatable. Um, anyway, after All afterwards, right. go ahead, Michael. I don't see a David Johnson fall coming here. It's He's going to get the ball a ridiculous amount. They just... The whole Cardinals offense was a joke last year, and they weren't giving David Johnson the ball a lot. That's not going to be a problem with Saquon. He's getting the ball 20-plus times a game. Um, after Saquon Barkley goes Christian McCaffrey, another guy who's getting the ball over 20 times a game. Ezekiel Elliott, another one. Uh, Alvin Kamara, who is alone in the backfield besides maybe some goal line work taken away by Latavius Murray, and Melvin Gordon goes next. You're going to see a run of running backs, I think, in the first round this year. If you look close and close, it's going to be – Eight, seven to eight running backs going as the first picks in a row just because a back like these guys, like Saquon, Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, Kamara Gordon, even Johnson, Bell, and James Conner, you're only getting them you're only getting them in certain situations and you have to have a big pick for it. So I, I think those guys definitely go quick. Jason, who are you looking at here um, with these running backs on the board? You still have David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell on the board, board, but there's also some wide receiver options. Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas. Where are you going with this? Uh, you know, I would have loved to get Melgo or Kamara here. That's why I was sad about it because it got taken fourth and fifth. So I just wanted to throw out that, throw that out there. So sixth, I'm looking at my options. Let me ask you guys a question. Would it be crazy? I'm probably not going to do it. If I Would it be crazy to take OBJ here? Uh, it, it would be a little crazy. I, I mean, think with David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, and James Conner on the board, it's a little crazy, but I wouldn't be opposed to taking OBJ as the first wide receiver um, this year just because of the – but, uh, man, it's hard to pass on these running backs. If you're a wide receiver guy and you think OBJ is going to finish first, then it's not a bad pick halfway through the first. But if you're taking a wide receiver, it has to be Nuke, bro. Yeah, uh, Nuke has to be the number one. But I think OBJ is very close behind. I don't. I think he's getting underdrafted. But with that being said, David Johnson was a running back ten last year in an offense that looked like straight up poopage. So with a new, um, I don't think that the that the um, what's the word I'm looking for? The Kingsbury offense is going to be as exciting as people think and all that stuff. But I do think David Johnson will get the work. So I'm going with Johnson here. 
I like the pick. I can't I can't blame you on that one, that's for sure. So two wide receivers go in a row after Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Adams, and DeAndre Hopkins, and then James Conner, which leaves me in the worst position that I could be in. I am now faced with a tough decision here. Um, I see Michael Thomas. I see Julio Jones. I see Odell Beckham. And those are three wide receivers that I have basically on the same uh, playing field. So right now I am looking at a running back. And the two running backs that I'm looking at that are definitely going to be in the range that I want is Joe Mixon and Todd Gurley. And and we've made it very clear on this show that we we are not Joe Mixon fans. Um, Tim, I was about to kill you. I feel like Joe Mixon is a, a, a poor man's Saquon Barkley in terms of you know that he's guaranteed a workload, but the team is so dependent on him, especially when A.J. Green goes down. And that offensive line is is not good. They've been losing pieces on that offensive line year after year, and they you got, see it get worse and worse. You talking about Mixon? I'm talking about Mixon now, yes. Uh, they they actually improved their line a little bit this offseason, but I mean, Still. look, I, I'm a big I'm also a big fan of like when people say they improve their line, just signing new linemen is not enough to improve your line. Like they didn't go out and sign former pro bowlers. They didn't go out and spend big money on offensive linemen just because they're bringing in new bodies does not make them better. And I, I think that's that's one thing that uh, analysts in in that you'll hear a lot. Like they made improvements to their offensive line. Did they or did they make personnel shifts? And I think that's the that's the biggest thing, because especially when you're drafting these offensive linemen, not every offensive lineman works out, obviously. So when you're looking at, yeah, they drafted this dude. Well, you got a rookie there. So, I mean, it's it's give and take. You can, you, yeah, you can draft Quentin Nelson, but odds are you're not going to. So, you know what they did do? Draft they did Travion do? Williams and Rodney Anderson. So let me ask all these. I was going to use a bad word there, but I'm not going to. Out there. People talk about. I'm getting angry again because Damien Williams, <laughs> right? People talk about how the Chiefs brought in a sixth-round running back and a UDFA. Well, guess what? The Bengals brought in two sixth-round running backs. So if you're going to use that argument against Damien Williams, where's the argument against Joe Mixon? I mean, I see your point, but Joe Mixon has done it before. He really hasn't. He's he been, has, though. Fine. He's been able to carry a load. Yes. Anyway, now that I've gone into Joe Mixon, I, I'm going to be the guy. I think uh, when you're drafting at the 111, um, you have to you have to make a championship move here. And I'm going to make a championship move. Um, as of right now, we don't know the injury report on this guy. Uh-oh. I like all the wide receivers here. I'm cool hey. with any three of these wide receivers that fall to me. So that's right. I'm taking Todd Gurley here. With the 111, if he's healthy and he's a beast like last year, I just got Todd Gurley with the freaking 111. Get at me, dog. Not that too could shabby. really happen. Like, if you really think about it, man, if Todd Gurley's Todd Gurley, you're getting him in the at the end of the first, second round, maybe. It's that's, it's, that's crazy. It's stupid, right? So now I'm gonna want. Now that I have Todd Gurley, I'm gonna want to know. I'm gonna want to go with someone that's gonna definitely get me fantasy points. Uh, that's not an injury risk. That's not a risk of disappearing. And Odell Beckham Jr. and Travis Kelsey went on the turn behind me. So Tim, now let I'm me looking, ask you. Go ahead. Would you have considered Kelsey here? I would have considered Kelsey here. Yeah, 100% for sure. Um, but I did like the three running wide receivers, and there are two here. Michael Thomas and Julio Jones are still available. I can still go Joe Mixon if I want. I think the other guys are a tier below. We're starting here. Um, Dalvin Cook, Juju Smith-Schuster, Nick Chubb. I know Michael's in love with Juju, and he 
probably yeah, don't you're probably to gonna get probably not this one, Michael. Um, I think I'm going with Michael Thomas here. Uh, even though we've highlighted that he hasn't been the most consistent, and uh, Bob Lung will talk to you about that consistency uh, coming up, so make sure you stay tuned on that. Uh, you know, seamless, cheap plug. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm gonna go with Michael Thomas because I know what he's gonna do on the field. He doesn't miss games. He's the favorite uh, target for his Hall of Fame quarterback. Um, that's the guy I'm trying to have if I'm going to take the risk of Todd Gurley in the first round. So although I would have liked to have a guy like Juju or a guy like Julio or even a guy like Joe Mixon in the second round, because look, we don't like Joe Mixon in the first round, but if you're getting a workhorse running back in the second round, no matter what team he's on, I think you got to go for that. So I could have done all of that, but instead I'm going to go Michael Thomas because I think that he's the most guaranteed to be up there in the top wide receivers by the end of the year. Um. Anyway, I was expecting you guys to comment on that, but I guess you agree. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's Michael Thomas, man. Yeah, exactly. Um. After that goes Antonio Brown. It's a hard knocks life for this second team. Joe Mixon, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Julio Jones follow, which gives Jason the board. He's looking at a few people, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb. Oh, will he do it? Damian Williams is on the board. <laughs> Mike Evans, T.Y. Helton, and Adam Thielen as the wide receivers. Of course, you got Zach Ertz and Patrick Mahomes, uh, the best tight end and quarterback, obviously still available. So, Jason. Are you doing it? Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Are you going to live on the wild side? Am I a happy man, or am I a happy man? I'm. I'm a pretty happy man. Uh, If I was drafting today, I I don't know. I'm just glad I'm getting this guy. (laughs) Everyone should be glad about getting this guy. Damian Williams is the obvious choice here. Uh, I think Nick Chubb definitely has a case, but with Kareem Hunt lurking, uh, it's a little bit, and he's not too involved in the passing game. So there's a little bit of risk there, more so than I think Damien Williams, who should be able to carry the complete load in Kansas City. Uh, Dalvin Cook, too too many injuries for my taste to take over Chubb or Williams. Cheap plug, you're going to see our rankings coming out soon. And then Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton are two guys I'd consider here as well, but you guys know I'm in love with Damien Williams this season, so I'm putting him on my team. He does it. I, I Doesn't it so much better, Jason, when – you were the only person on Damian Williams and you were mocking him in the fifth round and your team looked ri- ridiculous. Um, so no, Damian this guy's at 2.6 now. Yeah, Fuck. no. Damian Williams goes 2.7, uh, followed by Dalvin Cook. So Melvin Gordon and Dalvin Cook for the computer. And then followed again by Nick Chubb. Patrick Mahomes, the first quarterback off the board in the second round. God, please be the person who takes Patrick Mahomes in the second round if you're facing against me in a draft. Please, please be that person. Please. Um, and Adam Thielen goes next. All right, so, Michael, you have Saquon Barkley, and all of a sudden you're looking at a pretty damn good turn here. We're going to be able to get two pretty good players. Who are you looking at? I'm going to yeah. interrupt for one second because I'm looking at the board, and I see the fourth, fifth, and sixth team all with two running backs. So, real quick question before Michael goes. What combo would you rather have? Kamara Chubb, Melgo Cook, or DJ Williams? Kamara Chubb. Kamara, I think Kamara Chubb, DJ Williams a close second, that, which is David Johnson and Damian Williams a close second, and then Melvin Gordon and Dalvin Cook uh, bringing up the rear there just because of Dalvin Cook. I, I agree. Okay, Michael, you can go. Yeah, so now that Jason's done talking, <laughs> uh, the running backs here are all – this is where you get – in the draft, the reason running backs keep going so early this year is because now you get guys like Leonard Fournette who you can't trust. Devontae Freeman, who has been great in the past, but he just missed a year. Marlon Mack, who 
he's he's an inconsistent runner. Derrick Henry, we all know about him, and guys like that. So this is where it gets to the point where you're taking a chance with the running backs. So I am not going to take a chance on one of those guys because I already have Barkley, who I trust, and I love the wide receivers who are available here for me. Uh, so my first pick for the wide receivers of all the ones here, I'm going to go with uh, Mike Evans. He's a perennially perennially underrated. I uh, had 1,500 yards last season, eight touchdowns. I see. I think the touchdowns could go up this year in Tampa. Uh, eight targets a game. you got to love that. Yeah, with the new offense there, I think he's going to be even more involved. And another guy who's – Sorry, he was a shady beast last year, Mike Evans. Yeah, so shady. Week, week in, week out, he destroyed Marshawn Lattimore that first week, and then he just kept it going from there. And uh, his consistency I mean, is underrated. The, the first, like, four weeks, Ryan Fitzpatrick broke the fucking true throw value. <laughs> this guy was insane. True. Uh, next up, I'm going to stick with the wide receivers here. T.Y. Hilton and Keenan Allen, I think, are a tier above the rest here. A.J. Green has the injury risk. Amari Cooper is the inconsistency factor. And then guys like Diggs and Edelman, I'm not going to touch here. Keenan Allen is all reliable. In PPR, he might be more attractive. But here, I'm going to go with T.Y. just because I think he could have a ginormous season this season if uh, he's able to stay healthy with, uh, with Andrew Luck staying healthy as well. I think he's in line for a huge year. So I'm going with T.Y. Hilton. The more and more I mock, the more and more I see that this year you want to pick in the top half of the draft because the value is so vast in the second and third round, um, in the third round in particular for guys in the in the front of the draft that, I mean, you're you're giving yourself a, a giant advantage. Um, but Dude, yeah, so what is up with this Keenan Allen ADP? Yeah, this is so obvious. This is the most obvious pick that we've seen. What's so, up with his ADP though? I, I don't know. Uh his ADP is 29th overall right now, it's which absurd. means he's going in the third round. Well, back of the second, third round. Um man, you're right. That's pretty absurd. He's going in the third round. 29 is the middle of the third round. Everyone that just went before him, Devontae Freeman, AJ Green, Leonard Fournette, Marlon Mack, I would not take before Keenan Allen. Yeah, yeah no way. I agree. I not agree. Not even but, close. So he falls right Mahomes. into your he literally fell right into your lap, Jason. Lappy lappy. <laughs> um. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna look at my options. I'm gonna analyze who you guys think are gonna take. I think you're gonna take Keenan Allen. You well, could on, on the board is Zach Ertz, Amari Cooper, Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, George Kittle, Aaron Jones. I mean, just make the pick ready. We all know where you're going. Well, actually, I'd consider Kittle here. You okay. guys know how much I love Kittle. Facts. Um, if Keenan Allen got take got taken, I guess is the word. I'd very much consider Ertz and Kittle here. Probably give the slight edge to Kittle. Uh, I'd probably weigh that with Derrick Henry. I'd like to cover those bases since, you know, it's not always going to fall into your favor. So if Keenan Allen wasn't here, I'd probably consider Kittle or Derrick Henry. Um, I wouldn't be too happy with that. Now that I'm scrolling a little bit, I see Stefan Diggs as well. That name pops out to me. So if Allen got taken, I'd probably take Diggs. Um. I think Allen and Diggs are on a very even length as well. So I think that the this is actually a tough decision between the two, but I'm going to take Keenan Allen. And all right, so that actually uh, sets off a string of tight ends. 
So Keenan Allen goes, and then George Kittle follows, followed by Josh Jacobs, and then Zach Ertz. So the first two uh, tight ends go in the back of the third round, and then Amari Cooper goes, which I'm very happy about because that leaves me with Derrick Henry. I'm not going to waste any time. Um, I love Derrick Henry this season. I'm going to hope that either Aaron Jones or Stefan Diggs falls to me in the next round. Um, the wide receivers begin to get a little thinner at this point, and I don't want um, – I don't know. I, I don't want Julian Edelman as my number two receiver. He's more of a, a wide receiver three to me. So, um, I mean, he, only yeah. because of his injury history and his his inability to stay on the field. And I mean, he's gonna get a lot of he's gonna get a lot of looks this year. One healthiest middle name is wide receiver two. Um, Derrick Henry. Uh, he's in. Derrick Henry is followed by Aaron Jones and Carryon Johnson, which means I get my wish and I get to get Stephon Diggs here. Guys, Todd Gurley, Michael Thomas, Derrick Henry, Stephon Diggs. I came to play this time, boys. Dude, That's... Stephon Diggs in the fourth round is a, a travesty. It, yeah, it really is. His ADP right now is 37, so it's not it's not out of the question. Yo, he's That's literally in the fourth round. First pick of the fourth round. That's absurd. Yep. As uh, you, as you uh, listeners know by now, me and Jason have been working on our uh, rankings. Should be out soon, FYI. But uh, Carry On Johnson is someone who's slowly creeping up my board with what he was able to do last year, and now they got a off uh, running offensive minded head coach in there, and they ex- they expect to be a running team. And Mark Ingram is someone who who is the pick right before Jason Timmy will announce that. Mark Ingram is someone who's sliding down my board. I'm not really interested in Mark Ingram. They Me either they drafted Justice Hill too. They still have Gus Edwards and Kenneth Dixon for third downs. They just have so many running backs. I expected to be a pretty annoying committee with Ingram leading the pack, but more often than not disappointing. I'll not- recap the picks because I want to touch on all these guys. It was Philip Lindsay, then Chris Carson, then Sony Michelle, then Mark Ingram. All, all have high upside, but also you could see the low side of all of them. Yeah. All guys that I wouldn't take right now. If I was in either of those positions, I wouldn't take them. Uh, any, any reason why is it just because they're too big of a question marks or is it like, um, well, as a fourth-round pick, I don't trust Lindsey. I think that he's injured right now and a new regime came in. So it's very easy for them to get enamored on their guy, the hot guy with the higher draft capital maybe. See Royce Freeman doing well and be enamored by him. And then Lindsey comes back, he's healthy, and it's a duo there. You always have to be wary when you have a, you have a high-round pick at running back. And then Philip Lindsey is a undrafted free agent, and it's a different regime. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, the exactly. different regime part. And then... Chris Carson, um, he's dealing with an injury right now. He's not even on the field. And it just, again, Rashad Penny was a first-round pick. I like Carson a little bit. Michelle I'm a little worried about as well. He has the he got his knee scoped out recently. Damian Harris has been looking good, apparently. And then Michael touched on Mark Ingram. So these are all guys I'd consider in the fifth round, maybe even later in the fourth. But in these spots here, I wouldn't do it. Sony Michelle was someone that I not only drafted in in every single league that I had last year. He was great for me. I don't want to touch him in the fourth round just because a, a New England situation is just too questionable in the fourth round overall. Like, you don't know if he's going to disappear some games. And you need that. This is your, this is your RB2. You and could Josh draft Damian Harris RB1. later. And you could maybe get Damian Harris you can get Sony Michelle maybe in the later rounds in Damian Harris. Yeah, Sony Michelle is someone I'm also fading at this point, unless his ADP drops significantly. Yeah, I mean, I would take a chance on him in the fifth round. But, I mean, as your RB2, I, I'd, I'd be much more comfortable with Sony Michelle as my starting flex player than my RB2. 
Let's let's put it that way. Um, but this this particular team, Devonta Adams, Juju Smith Schuster, Josh Jacobs, Sony Michelle, um, mm, mm, it's all right. Uh, so Jason, you're up on the board. Your team so far: David Johnson, Damian Williams, and Keenan Allen. Uh, Booyah! You're pretty good so far. You're looking to add some either uh, depth at running back or maybe a wide receiver too. Maybe you throw a tight end, tight, tight end in there. I Maybe know you go I, super left field that no one's expecting and go quarterback. Jason, I know what Michael's. Uh, yeah, Tim. That yeah, I'm gonna take a quarterback <laughs> in the fourth round. Nope, no way. You don't know me. Um, <laughs> Michael had a little comment in the background right there, and I think he, I know what he's gonna say because I'm gonna take the ice cream sandwich. Arg, and that is in um reference to my, what's the word I'm looking for? Article that I wrote about. Mr. Consistent Robert Woods. This is too easy. Fourth round, Robert Woods. He's like the perfect wide receiver, too. Even I have him ranked as a back end wide receiver one. He's the perfect fourth round pick. So you're going over Julian Edelman, Brandon Cooks, uh, Kenny, Dalladay, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup. It's interesting. Um, I like it. Julian Edelman and Brandon Cooks go next. David Montgomery goes with the ten, the fourth pick, the four ten, and Andrew Luck goes with the four eleven, which leaves Michael on the board. So far, Michael has Saquon Barkley, Mike Evans, and T. Y. Hilton, and he's looking at two picks in a row. Um, some of the guys that he is looking at uh, at wide receiver, you got plenty here to, to choose from: Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill. Calvin Ridley, Sammy Watkins, Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, Mike Williams. Uh, at quarterback, Aaron Rodgers is still there. You have to dig a little deeper for running back, but you still Kenyon Drake, Tariq Cohen, Darius Geis, James White. Um, at, and at tight end, you got most of the guys still here, only three tight ends off the board, the big three. Uh, you still got O.J. Howard, Eric Ebron, Hunter Henry. Michael, where are you going here? All right, folks. We all know what happened to Tyreek Hill. Can I can I give you guys real quick before Michael you think Michael doesn't use the word folks except when he's podcasting. I just uh, I just want to put that out there. You uh, love the word folks true. when you're podcasting, Michael. I never heard you say the word folks ever before. I read folk tales. <laughs> <laughs> Tyree Kill though, uh, we all know what's going on with him. I'm not going to make any type of uh, like exclamation about this guy. We we all know what happened and. Apparently, charges have been dropped, and he's going to report to minicamp. If there's a chance he even misses only six games or something of that sort, he's an absolute steal anywhere outside of the first two rounds. So I'm taking the risk here, and I'm taking Tyreek Hill because if he comes back and he's able to play the second half of the year or even just miss the first four games, six games, Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton, and Tyreek Hill is an absolutely ridiculous three sets of wide receivers along with Saquon Barkley. Fact. Oh, man. Guys, I'm not going to lie. Um, I didn't mention Tyreek Hill when I was drafting the fourth because I was hoping I'd get him in the fifth. So I'm on board with the strategy here. I would have also taken Tyreek Hill here. Honestly, I, if Robert Woods was gone, I probably would have considered him there as well. I also would have taken uh, Tyreek Hill had he fallen to me now. So then next, I'm going to take someone who I was all over last year and Adam Gase just murdered repeatedly week in and week out when you see when you go back to last season stats and you see that Kenyon Drake ended as like a top 18 running back or something of that sort in basically all leagues it blows your mind because of the opportunity that he got he was tops in the league in multiple categories when it came to uh opportunity with his touches guess what Adam Gase is gone Kenyon Drake is still there. I'm not one of those Kalen Balaj truthers who thinks Kalen Balaj is just going to 
be the next big thing. I'm not that guy at all. I think Kenyon Drake is a great running back. I think he's going to take advantage of the opportunity now. He's still only 25 years old. It's not like he's this old running back or anything of that sort. First round in the fifth, I'm okay. I'm willing to take the chance here, and I need an RB2, so Kenyon Drake is my man. Damn, my okay. team is stacked. So Kenyon Drake goes here. Michael Steen looks like Saquon Barkley and Kenyon Drake at running back. Mike Evans, T.Y. T- Hilton, and Tyreek Hill. Um, th- two big question marks in the fourth and fifth round, but if they work out, Michael's team is looking like an early favorite here. Um, Chris Godwin, Tariq Cohen, Kenny Galladay, and Mike Williams go uh, next, which leaves Jason on the board. He has two running backs, David Johnson, Damian Williams, Keenan Allen, and Robert Woods. Jason, who are you looking at here? Let's be real, boys. This is where things get pretty ugly. Yep. Um, now that we're halfway through the fifth round, this is where it's really just a clusterfuck of players that, you know, you go with your gut sometimes. You go with, you listen to what we say, hopefully, what others say, hopefully not. Am I right? <laughs> and then you weigh your options and think, who do you want? And I personally see myself leaning towards either Tyler Lockett or Jarvis Landry here. I think that, uh, Cooper Cup, I ha- I already have Robert Woods, and Cooper Cup is someone that is coming off an injury. I'm a little scared. Uh, if he wasn't injured last season, I'd probably take him here. It's a little scary though. Uh, Let me ask you. I'm not a- Sorry, sure. Jason. Let me ask you a question. Tyler Lockett, right, and Jarvis Landry. You're looking at two guys that Tyler Lockett. You've said many times in the past that hey, he's not going to – he basically was the best wide receiver in the history of the world last year when he got his opportunities, but he didn't get many opportunities. Then you got Jarvis Landry. His opportunities are going to fall too because now they have so many more weapons. That doesn't concern you, the volume to these guys? Uh, well, actually, I think that Jarvis Landry with another year with Mayfield, with OBJ taking the top off, Landry is able to stay in the slot more. I think it's going to help him to be more efficient. He was one of the least efficient wide receivers and true target value last season. He should have been like the 12th wide receiver, and he definitely was not. So I think that that'll even out a little bit. I actually think that I like Tyler Lockett a lot because if Doug Baldwin, if this was last year, we'd take Doug Baldwin in the fifth round. And Tyler Lockett's now in the slot. He's in that position that um, Doug Baldwin was in. And we know that Tyler Lockett and Russell Wilson have a good connection together. So when I look at it that way, I would have considered Sammy Watkins here earlier in the week with Tyreek Hill's things getting a little murkier, making it look a little more likely he's going to play. I'm going to pass there. I'm going to take Tyler Lockett. All right, so Jason takes Tyler Lockett for his wide receiver three. That sets off a run of Cooper Cub, the person that Jason was talking about, Deshaun Watson, Calvin Ridley, and Sammy Watkins. That leaves me here at the turn. Um, I do want to say something real quick about Calvin Ridley. A lot of people... I've seen a lot of things on Twitter about him becoming a top 20 wide receiver. And listen, I like Calvin Ridley. I think he's a good wide receiver, but this is the, uh, the Falcons offense we're talking about. There's almost never a wide receiver too in the last, like ever since, ever since Roddy white was one of the best receivers in the league, him and Julio Jones on the opposite of each other. They really haven't had anybody as like an impactful wide receiver too. Calvin Ridley. We saw how, Back and forth he was consistency-wise last season. He had games where he put up like 25 fancy points, and then the next week he went out and put up like two and a half. So I just – I like Calvin Ridley, but in the fifth round it just seems like he, he's going to be inconsistent 
And you don't want that out of your second wide receiver. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I, right here, I'm looking at tight end, I think. Um, O.J. Howard and Hunter Henry stick out to me. Uh, the next guy I want, I, I, I could say it because uh, we're not, you guys aren't in danger of st stealing anyone from me. The next guy I want is James White. And James White is down the board. I'm taking James White with my next pick, my sixth round pick. So uh, I'll explain to you why when I actually take him. So knowing that, knowing that I'm taking him, my choice is really between Tyler Boyd at wide receiver. I don't Derek, know why. I don't know why you're so set that James White isn't going to be there. He's not going to be here. He's too far down the board. And, and yeah, Dude, he's look, too far. The and, and the guy has running backs. the other team got two running backs already. Uh, the real the, the question is OJ Howard or Hunter Henry for me. I'm going to go OJ Howard. Oh, you're looking tight end. Yeah, I'm looking tight end here. OJ Howard is the guy I'm going with. Oh, fuck me in the boo. Okay, OJ Howard. Go. Idiot. And Aaron Rodgers and James White That's go on the turn. Guy, man. Um, let me tell you why I love James White so much. I love James White because if you look at the Patriots uh, roster, they don't have anyone that catches the ball except Julian Edelman. That's been proven. So James White is probably going to get a ton of touches. Uh, I would have really loved to have James White here. I'm like super disappointed that James White's not going to be on my team right now. I don't. Even, I didn't even have a backup option. I don't know where I'm going to go. I, I got to look at this. All right. Um. Wow, that was super disappointing. He he's his ADP right now. The top guy's ADP is fifty-seven. His ADP was sixty-seven, and he went anyway. So the there you go. The the computer reaching. I underestimated the computer. If it was Jason drafting at the turn, I would have taken James White. But um, sure. hmm, should have taken James White there. But I'm not. I'm not going to complain. Instead, now that I'm in the sixth round, I think this is a clear time to take a risk, right? And so I'm going with Jarvis Landry because I think even if nice. he doesn't That's get the same, even if he doesn't get the same volume, he's still he's still in a powerful offense and he's my wide receiver three. So I'm taking it. Um, my team so far: Todd Gurley, Michael Thomas, uh, Derek Henry, Stephon Diggs, OJ Howard, and Jarvis Landry. I'm liking that. Uh, Darius Geis, Baker Mayfield, it, it, DJ Moore, excuse me, and Alshon Jeffrey go next. Um, that leaves you on the board, Jason. I would have liked Alshon Jeffrey there. I think this is a good spot to get him, and you know what you're going to get. Uh, looking at the options now, not too many people I like around this ADP, to be completely honest. I think that a lot of people are being overdrafted here. Tyler Boyd is someone I'm avoiding. Evan Ingram, I'm not really about that. Tevin Coleman is in a four-headed backfield. Lamar Miller is Scrubby McScrubberson. Mm. So I'm going to go for upside here and grab someone that I think has very good potential and a decent floor in a new offense and a, with a up-and-coming quarterback. I'm taking Robbie Anderson. I like it. I love Robbie Anderson this year. The tight ends have begun to fall. Eric Ebron, Evan Ingram uh, go next, followed by Will Fuller and Miles Sanders. Michael, that means you're on the board. Are you looking at a tight end here? You already have your starting running backs and your starting wide receivers locked in. The tight end I was looking at was Hunter Henry, and he – somehow fell so yeah i'm looking at hunter henry uh again the running backs here i don't love them i'm i'm usually a zero wide receiver guy but this year just to me you have to get a running back in the first two rounds it's it just looks to me so far that's what it looks like to me tevin coleman is also interesting uh but you don't know if he's going to be the leader of that backfield and how they're going to split up those touches jason touched on lamar miller being trash 
So I'm going Hunter Henry here and filling in my tight end spot with uh, one of the best young tight ends in the league. Welcome back, Hunter Henry. All right. That's one. Who's next? And the next guy is a guy I like a lot. Jason's not really on the same bandwagon as me, but he's only 24 years old. <coughs> coming, coming off a breakout 1,000-yard season. Uh, he was productive even alongside A.J. Green. You, he even had some games. He had Yikes. better games with A.J. Green than he did alone some weeks. So Tyler Boyd is my pick here. I'm a, I'm a big fan of him. I think he's a super solid seventh-round pick. Jason, what makes you not like Tyler Boyd, especially in the seventh round? Um, because I don't think Andy Dalton is that good. I don't think the offense is that good, and I think A.J. Green is back. I mean, but you you talked about quarterbacks being able to su- sustain two wide receivers, and I think I feel like Andy Dalton is someone who was able to sustain multiple wide receivers multiple times. Multiple times is a stretch. I mean, he's done it. Besides A.J. Green, there's never really been anyone who he can plug in as a wide receiver too confidently. I mean uh, – Tyler Boyd, well, I think you can though. And Tyler Boyd is a, is a slot pl- is a slot player too, so he's gonna get his looks. Um, Tevin Coleman goes next. Daryl Henderson after that. Lamar Miller and Russell Wilson follow. Uh, Jason, uh, so far your team is looking like David Johnson, Damian Williams, Keenan Allen, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, and Robbie Anderson. Who are you going with here? I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I would have gladly taken Daryl Henderson here if he wasn't drafted. If I look at the running backs right now, I see trash, 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 and a little bit of no, yep, that's trash. So <laughs> I'm going upside, and I think Daryl Henderson obviously has that upside. Unfortunately, he was taken. I feel like I would have taken Daryl Henderson for sure had he fallen to me just to just to have a guy and to handcuff. You guys are bugging, man. I mean, Dude, I'm in a different situation. I got, left. I got girly this too. This is the time to take a shot. Timmy, I guess, makes more sense because he has Gurley, but if you're taking a handcuff in the seventh round, leave the room. I, I did that a handcuff, though. I did that one time when I drafted DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry, and it really ended up fucking me over because a seventh round pick would have been really nice to have on that team. And DeMarco Henry was an absolute, I mean, uh, DeMarco <laughs> Murray was an absolute bust that year. I mean, I could be bugging, but I'm not loving any of these seventh rounders. So this is what I do, right? I did the mock draft last week. I waited a really long time to grab a tight end. Uh, this draft went a little bit differently, and now we're in the seventh round, and I don't really like any of the people left. So what I'm going to do is look at the tight ends, think, do I want a tight end here, and do I think it's worth it? And I would say it is. Uh, I'd consider Allen Robinson of the position players left. But I'm going to go Vance Refrigeration here. All right, Vance McDonald's goes, followed by Allen Robinson, the guy you're talking about. Rashad Penny goes next. The guy that I had my eye on goes after. I'm very disappointed to see this. Kareem Hunt, I feel like uh, you have to make a decision if you're drafting Kareem Hunt. Am I willing to put someone on my bench for eight weeks? For me, I feel like I have the acumen uh, to put someone on my bench for, for six weeks. I mean, for eight weeks. So I, I would have went Kareem Hunt, but the he goes. Matt Ryan goes next, which leaves me on the board. My team so far. Todd Gurley, Michael Thomas, Derrick Henry, Stefan Diggs, OJ Howard, and Jarvis Landry. So my starting lineup is basically set besides my quarterback position. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm going with the quarterback position right now. Um, I think that's one rookie mistake that a lot of people make. Um, but I'm looking at the the draft board here, and you're right, Jason. There's a lot of yuck on the on the board right now. There's a lot of um, could this guy be good? Could this guy not be good? Is this guy going to get playing time? Uh, so on and so forth. Um, so it may, it may it does make me nervous here. 
Um, I have Jordan. I'm looking at Jordan Howard possibly, but with Miles Sanders there, it's it's a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Latavius Murray is going to be a clear backup. I don't want any part of him. I do. I do want to say though, Miles Sanders is hurt. He hasn't even like practiced for a second with the team yet. So I'm I'm completely off drafting Miles Sanders for now as well because we've seen rookies not practice with teams just get lost in the bunch and then not produce. Miles Sanders is good, yes, but it takes a lot of time to acclimate with an NFL offense. All right, I'm going to go with Jordan Howard then. Uh, Jordan Howard is on my team. The Chicago Bears and Corey Davis goes next. Jason, your favorite guy. What the fuck? Chicago Bears and Corey (laughs) Davis? You know, I was liking that 12 team, and now I think it's the worst team on earth. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a hard shift. That's a hard shift left there, Jason, I will say. Um, so, again, in these kind of rounds, if you're not taking a quarterback and you already have your starters, I think it's okay to take a risk here. And I haven't – usually my risks are in the fifth round, and I didn't take a risk in the fifth round. I took a kind of a short thing in O.J. Howard. So I have a risk huh. available kind of here. Um, I'm going to go Royce Freeman. Um, I like I, it, Tim. I think that this is the time to draft a possible starting running back. Um, so, yeah, Royce Freeman. Uh, after that, Jared Cook, Latavius Murray, Christian Kirk, and Drew Brees. Jason, you're on the board. It is my time to shine. So, looking at the board, I'm looking for upside here. Um, that's what I like to do. Once you're in the later rounds, you just got to shoot for upside because who wants a boring guy named uh, LaShawn McCoy here? Please don't take LaShawn McCoy. So I'm looking at the options, uh, looking for some. I think that Dante Pettis definitely offers upside back here. Uh, McCole Hardman, not so much anymore with Tyreek Hill coming around. I'm going to go and take Geronimo Allison. Very forgotten about guy, but if you look at Bob Lung's consistency report, Geronimo Allison was very consistent last season. He was basically a wide receiver two or three. Every game he was healthy. So give me that in the eighth round. Yeah, I feel you. That's uh, I was I was highly considering taking Geronimo Allison at the turn here. After Geronimo went Jarek McKinnon, Carson Wentz, David Njoku, and rookie wide receiver Nikhil Harry. So now it's my turn, folks. I already have Saquon Barkley, Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton, Terry Kill, Kenyon Drake, Hunter Henry, Tyler Boyd. Basically, folks. I could do whatever I want, folks. <laughs> so I'm going to take who I think is likely the best available player at this point who I think could have a very good season with Jimmy Garoppolo back. Pettis? I'm taking Dante Pettis. Ah, so we basically, that's what I was considering. You want to trade Allison for Pettis? I think I'm good. Sorry, guys, I had to step away for a second. That's why you didn't hear me. Um, but I like the pick of Geronimo Allison. No one knew, Tim, but thanks for letting everyone know now. Well, I just – I you know why? Because I needed to I needed to say Geronimo Allison. It started smelling like smoke in my apartment. I'm like, yo, what the hell is going on? Is something on fire? And it's just my neighbor's barbecuing. Tim? Um, yeah. Michael, who are you taking next, kid? Tim, your sex is on fire. You know it's always on fire, Mike. Thanks. It's, and, and itchy. <laughs> I should see a doctor. Itchy? It's on fire and itchy. It was supposed to be a joke. Go pick someone already. Can we not All have right. this conversation? Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, next up, I'm taking one of the guys, one of my uh, favorite late-round targets, especially when it comes to round 9 and 10, on a dynamic offense being supremely overlooked and being drafted behind the backup running back on average. Don't do that, folks. I'm taking Peyton Barber. Oh, I don't know, Michael. I like the backup running back over him this year. 
Nope. We'll talk about that in a second because I hope he falls to me. Um, he's going to make it to me, I think, if Jason doesn't pick him here. Uh, Sterling Shepard, Marvin Jones, McCole Hardman, and LaShawn McCoy go next. Um, Jason, that leaves you on the clock. Jason's team right now uh, is looking like David Johnson, Damian Williams, Keenan Allen, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, Robbie Anderson, Vance McDonald, and Geronimo Allison. Um, so, Jason, who are you looking at here? The issue here now is that I only have two running backs. And there's not very good ones left. So I'm going to have to look for upside in some type of way. Or a handcuff, I suppose. You know what? Yeah, this is disgusting. I really don't know what to do. Um, the handcuff I was referring to was Alexander Madison, but I really can't count on Dalvin Cook getting hurt. A lot of smart people in the industry have been talking up Justice Hill lately. A lot of Ravens beat writers. I'm not doing it. Devin Singletary. <laughs> I mean, Devin Singletary has as good of a, a good a chance as McCoy. he has as good of good as good of a chance. There you go, as anyone to be good because he's going yeah. to get carries. Yeah, I said a lot of smart people have talked about Justice Hill, but a lot of dumb ones have too. So I really <laughs> had to trust myself there, and I think I'd rather go Singletary. Um, DK Metcalf goes next, followed by Cam Newton and Jared Goff, and then Larry Fitzgerald, um, which leaves me on the clock. I'm not going to waste any time here. I'm going Ronald Jones in the ninth round when you're talking about a guy who uses receiving running backs. Peyton Barber has never been a guy to be a receiving running back, and that was Ronald Jones' specialty at USC, right? So he can catch the ball, and he's going to be involved in the passing game. So I'm that's why I want him. I want the pass-catching running back in a Bruce Arians offense. So I'm taking him. Uh, and then, so after that, Kyler Murray and Cortland Sutton go, which leaves me on the board. And I'm not going to make the same mistake I made last time um, waiting for my guy. I'm going with Mitchell Trubisky. I believe that he is the, could have the potential to be the fantasy MVP this year, as well as the potential to be, if everything goes right, the NFL MVP, possibly, um, if everything, if everything goes right. Um, I'm drafting off, I'm drafting Mitchell Trubisky right here. Carlos Hyde, Los Angeles Rams, Austin Eckler, and Jameis Winston goes. Guys, if you're sick and tired of me uh, talking about Mitchell Trubisky already, um, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm going to continue to talk about him until I can't talk about him anymore. And you're going to be wrong. for Winston. Oh, yeah, Jason, you're going to take a quarterback here. You got sniped to Winston. I was considering Winston. Um, how can you not? Yeah, how can you not is right. But there are some good quarterbacks on the board if that's where you're going. Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson. And I'm just basically saying all the quarterbacks in the league. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Yeah, I'm probably not going to take a quarterback now just because uh, the one I wanted isn't really there anymore. Oh, I think it's a no-brainer. Kiki QT. Nice. I like that. PPR machine. That's what I was going to take, you fuck. <laughs> Philip Rivers oh, goes no next, brainer. followed by Jalen Samuels. Ito Smith, who is shady if Devonta Freeman gets hurt again. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, if he gets yeah, hurt again. Freeman. Yeah, if he gets hurt again, Ito Smith is the starting running back for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, and then Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Michael, you're at the turn here. Who you got? Uh, I'm going to take a starting wide receiver who was very good last year despite uh, – being on a terrible team is only 25 years old has shown he can be a decent fantasy wide receiver has a better QB. I'm going with D Westbrook. I like that. I, I was thinking Westbrook too. 
And now I have a lot of wide receivers, six wide receivers, three running backs, and one tight end. So this is a, basically I could choose anyone I want at this point. So I'm going to look at the QBs, and there's not any QBs here that I love. So I'm not going to take a QB here. And then I'm going to look at the receivers, and I think I'm going to double up on the wide receivers because Golden Tate is still here, and he's a very serviceable wide receiver who is being – overlooked like crazy he's gonna get his five to seven receptions a game he'll find the end zone now and then he'll get his 70 to 80 yards awesome guy to have as like a a fill-in or even a flex play quick recap of michael's team saquon barkley mike evans ty hilton tyree kill Kenyon drake hunter henry tyler boyd dante pettis uh Kenyon barber i'm sorry peyton barber date uh dd westbrook and golden tate um jason you're on the clock after Doug Baldwin, Tom Brady, Jacksonville Jaguars defense, and Donta Foreman go off the board. Who are you taking here? Uh, looking around, I'm looking for upside again. I like a lot of wide receivers left, but I, I need another running back, and I think Alexander Madison is hard to pass up. They took him early, and Dalvin Cook gets injured every day. So, uh, Alexander Madison goes next, followed by James Washington, a guy that I had my eye on if he fell to me. Los Angeles Chargers, Adrian Peterson and Ben Roethlisberger go. I'm going to do, I'm going to do some wide receivers right now. Uh, my wide receivers are not deep. I don't have any wide receivers um, besides my starting wide receivers, Michael Thomas, Stefan Diggs, and Jarvis Landry. So I'm going to be looking for wide receiver wide receiver depth here. So I'm going to go with Devin Funches. I think that he's going to be a big time. Um, actually, you know what? I'm not going to go with Devin Funches. I didn't see this guy here. I'm going with Curtis Samuel. Um, Curtis Samuel is going to be a gadget player and some smart people out of Panthers camp has been saying he's been uh, the number one target uh, for the moment. Um, uh, followed by Deshaun Jackson and TJ Hawkinson on the turn. I'm going to double that up and I'm going to go Anthony Miller, a guy that I absolutely love this year. Uh, if you look at his um, reception perception by Matt Harmon, which is a great article. I, I, I recommend everyone read that. They break down everyone's um, ev everyone's, routes that they ran and how open they were. Anthony Miller was one of the most open wide receivers in the league last year. Could have had a much better year if Mitch Trubisky didn't have accuracy problems in the beginning of the year. So I think Anthony Miller has a breakout year this year. Jay Ajay, Delaney Walker, Austin Hooper, and Trey Burton go next. So that's a run of three tight ends in a row. Jason, luckily you took Vance McDonald, so you're not worried about that tight end run. Um, who do you have here? Only two yep. more picks each, Jay, and then we got to fill it out with kicker and defense. I know, I know. I think that Trey Burton is a good tight end this late. When I'm looking around, I'm going to have to take a quarterback with my next pick. I'm not going to take one now. So I think that I'm going to go for upside and someone that already has a nice rapport. Big Ben was talking him up, Dante Moncrief. We've seen him do it in the past with good wide receiver, with good quarterbacks. So I'm Love that, Moncrief. Dante. Love that, that Dante um, value here. Because if he can go in and be the main red zone target for Ben Roethlisberger, you're talking about a guy who might have 10 touchdowns. Um, Devin Funches, Rob Gronkowski, Marquise Brown, and the Baltimore Ravens go next. Rob Gronkowski, I've been hearing these rumors that he might come back. I don't know. So if, if you can get Rob Gronkowski with a 12th-round pick, no. it's not, I mean, it's not the worst thing you could do. It's not. No. It's not. I wouldn't do it. It's not the worst thing you could do. You know what you should do? Draft Gronk instead of a kicker if you really want to. Yeah, but he's not going to fall that high, that, that far. Yes, he will. I don't Fuck. think so. I don't think so. I think people are taking him in this round. I think he. I think they will. People are Tim, obviously taking him. This ADP right now. Tim, you're an absolutely wild person. No Why? one's taking Rob Gronkowski in a 12 man league. Why? 
Cause he's, he's retired. retired. <laughs> Yo, that's not gonna stop people. All right, whatever. I took Naheem Hines, uh, backup running back. He had over 700 yards from scrimmage last season. I expect his role to grow even more. So he'll be he's a very decent backup running back to own. Or then for QB, I'm taking Dak Prescott, who is the QB four with Amari Cooper last Amari Cooper last season. All right, well, Michael just took my quarterback because Dak Prescott was who I was going to take. And if I look around, there's not very enticing options left. So I think who to take next is pretty obvious. He's always in the top quarterback discussion, so I don't get why he's being drafted as the quarterback 20 or whatnot. Kirk Cousins, Captain Kirk, come on board, buddy. I, I find it hilarious that Kirk Cousins is being ranked outside like the top 20 QBs as if he didn't end as QB 12 last season in a down year. Um, Dak Prescott, after Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Cleveland Browns defense, Jimmy Garoppolo, pa- Paris Campbell, and then Jason took Turk- Kirk Cousins. Minnesota Vikings defense goes next, followed by Terrell the Gazelle Williams. I think that's a great value. 13th round for Terrell Williams. Greg Zerloin and Dion Lewis go next, which leave me on the board. Um, let's look around. What do you guys think of the of the extension that Kyle Randolph of Kyle Rudolph got? Does that give you a little bit of a more I don't know, more confidence in him? I thought it was interesting. I think he's just – he's a Minnesota guy, and they just want to keep him around. Like, they both obviously – he loves being there. They love having him. He's he's all reliable. He's basically like the new Jason Witten, just not as good. Antonio Gates. Uh, like, uh, Gates was there till his last legs gave out on him, and then they brought him back after he retired. Uh, Here's a question. Uh, everyone's on Cortland Sutton this year. Why not Deshaun Hamilton? Deshaun Hamilton outperformed him last year. I prefer Deshaun. I'm not on Sutton. Well, I'm drafting Deshaun Hamilton seven rounds behind Cortland Sutton, and I'm very happy about it. Sebastian Janikowski, uh, who is retired. Come on. Come on, sleeper. And Matt Breida go next, which leaves me on the board again. Um, hmm. Kicker and defense. I've got to pick a kicker and defense here? Yep. Uh, Filling out our squad. Well, all right. I guess that's all right. Well, I'm going with the New Orleans Saints defense then. Um, uh, You're all about the Saints defense all the time. I, you know, I had that. I had the really good take the year that they got good that they were gonna get good, um, and everyone made fun of me. So now I have this like crazy pride in the Saints defense for some reason. You know how it goes. All right. Well, um, I'm taking Texans defense. I don't know why they're going so late. Damn it! I missed out on Will Lutz. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about taking Will Lutz there. All right. Oh I'm going. no. I'm Denver going. Broncos defense and Michael, who's your last pick? Yeah, I went with Broncos D, and then I'm taking uh, Jake Elliott. Usually by this time in the draft, I'm tired. I'm feeling pretty like I want to draft again right now. Uh, for Robbie reason. Good is gold. He's not even. He's like uh, holding out right now. He's good as gold, baby. Doesn't matter what team he's on. He's gonna be on a team. He All is right. rather good as gold. You know what? I-, I think I'm gonna go take a shower, or should I go for bath? Ha-ha! Shit, son! Hey. All right, let's go over our uh, our drafts. Michael, who picked the 101, his team, Saquon Barkley, Mike Evans, T.Y. Hilton, Tyreek Hill, Kenyon Drake, Hunter Henry, Tyler Boyd, Dante Pettis, Ke- uh, Peyton Barber, D.D. Westbrook, Golden Tate, Naheem Hines, Dak Prescott, Denver Broncos, and Jake Elliott at kicker. Hot Jason. Is- Michael, let me ask you, did you try to make your team good in the beginning and then trash after that? Facts, or- right? I was like, yo, this team is falling off a cliff. You uh, J- Jason, David Johnson, Damian Williams, Keenan Allen, Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, Robbie Anderson, Vance McDonald, Geronimo Allison, Devin Singletary, Kiki QT, Alexander Madison, Dante Moncrief, 
Kirk Cousins, Houston Texans, and Robbie Gold. Jason with his late round magic, like he I'm always this, pulls. I'm, I'm winning this one, boys. Uh, nah, no way. This is the best team that I'm about to read. I don't even think it's a debate. Um, Todd Gurley, Michael Thomas, Derrick Henry, Stefan Diggs, OJ Howard, Jarvis Landry, Jordan Howard, Royce Freeman, Ronald Jones, Mitch Trubisky, Curtis Samuel, Anthony Miller, Deshaun Hamilton, New Orleans defense, and Kai Forbath. That's the squad right there, guys. Tim, Come I'll on. say it's not as bad as your typical team. <laughs> <laughs> you say that, and then I win. Get off my back, bruh. Why are you hating? No. So I consistently win in fantasy, uh, <laughs> and so, so do the rest of the guys. But one of the reasons why we consistently win is because we pay attention to consistency. And right now on the Real Recognize Real hotline, Bob Lung is going to join us. Uh, he is the creator of an award-winning consistency guide. So without any further ado, let's get to Bob. Hello, everyone. Welcome again. We welcome Bob Lung on the Real Recognize Real uh, hotline. He's the founder of Big Guy Fantasy Sports and creator of the FSWA 2018 Publication of the Year, the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide. The guide is currently on sale for the 2019 season and with the code BRODO, yay, yay, you can get 20% off your purchase. Welcome in, Bob Lung. How's it going, guys? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Great, man. So we this offseason, we've tried to have as many consistent guests as we can. Right. So if you're going to build a consistency guide for Brodo, you'd see a lot of a lot of big names on, on the list. And so consistency is important in anything. But in fantasy football in particular, consistency is probably number one. So before we get into anything, can you tell the audience what the consistency guide not only does for you, but is meant to do for you uh, during the entire season? Absolutely. So basically with the consistency, the importance of consistency in fantasy football is this, you know, you're playing in a head to head format. So you want to make sure that you draft and you're starting every week, not only the guys that are going to score the most points, but you want to make sure that they can, you can rely on them every week. You want them to be consistently scoring and by consistent, I mean, consistently higher than the, the league average for that position. Uh, so the idea is that you don't, you know, at the end of the year, you see a player who, you know, is top 10 in scoring, but then you look at the consistency guide and you see that their consistency rating is only 50%. Well, that means that only half the weeks they're over the, basically the line that the, what we call the clutch factor, consistency factor for that position and that scoring method, uh, each week. And you want them to always be over that. So the higher, the more consistent they are, the more often they're above that. That, that cutoff for the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. If you can have a whole team built around, the, you know, with everybody being consistent, obviously you have a much better chance of winning every week. Uh, you know, you don't have those ups and downs throughout the season. And the idea, of course, is that gets you in the playoffs. And once you get the playoffs, then you hope that that consistency carries you forward and you, and you win your league. But I always kind of go for with the you got to make the playoffs to win a title. So I always go for making the playoffs first. That's my first goal. The titles can come and go, but you know, making the playoffs is certainly most important. So, if you're one of those guys out there or girls that uh, are having trouble making the playoffs, or you're a high-scoring team but you're not making the playoffs, you probably have some inconsistent players on your team. Hey, Bob, Jason here. Uh, before know, we Jason. get into the minutia of the numbers, I want to ask you for your inspiration behind this guide because mm-hmm. uh, we created a statistic known as True Values, where we measure the value of a target rather than just uh, the quantities of them. Uh, and 
it's become like a folk tale of ours. A lot of fans uh, toy with us about it too. We created the stat out of Corey Davis because he got a lot of targets last season, but they weren't very valuable. Uh, I just wanted to know if you had any – what was your inspiration behind your consistency guide? Well, my consistency – maybe not really the guide, but the, the whole consistency concept actually came from the season uh, in 2002, and the name, guy's name is Sean Alexander. And so I've been playing fantasy football since 1985, and our, our league since we started before the internet was touchdown only. And so if you don't score a touchdown, you don't get any points. So you can rush for 120 yards, and if you don't score a touchdown, you get zero. In 2002, I had Sean Alexander on my fantasy team in that league, and he was that year the league MVP, and he rushed for 15 rushing touchdowns. However, he scored five of them in one game on a Monday night. He scored three in another and two in another. So he scored 10 of his 15 in three games. So basically what happened was is he didn't do much of anything the other games, and after week 14, which is our regular season, I was 7-7. Seven and seven. I didn't make the playoffs. And so that's where it was like, okay, something, something's weird. I'm the second-highest scoring team in the league. I get the league MVP. How in the world did I not make the playoffs? So um, my day job is I'm a CPA, uh, a, 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 you know, certified public accountant. So I obviously crunch a lot of numbers. So I started crunching numbers, and I realized that if Shine Alexander would just score one rushing touchdown every week, of those 14 weeks, then I would have won two more games and I made the playoffs and I actually would have won the championship. Uh, so that was the inspiration from there. I just started working on it uh, at Excel, which turned into database, which turned into websites, which turned into, you know, doing this for 16 years, writing about consistency, uh, uh, basically fine tuning the numbers, fine tuning the tools that you can get on the website. Uh, and, that's where, you know, and then that led to the guide because nobody wanted to put the consistency information into their magazine. So I created my own. Do you know what's funny? Uh, this is a little bit off topic, but that Sean Alexander season was also the reason why I got into fantasy, ironically, nice. because one of my friends, we had a baseball league and a football league, and they pulled a trade, Ichiro, for Sean Alexander. <laughs> And that and that in, in, that trade inspired me to start taking fantasy a little more seriously and trying to find leagues that someone won't trade across. So, the, really not not on yeah, topic, but that, it's ironic that both of yeah, right. So <laughs> kind of ironic that we both got into it because of one Sean Alexander season. But a little off topic. But Michael has a question for you. Yeah, that's what I see about the consistency guide. When you're drafting, is this something that you use for every draft, or do you also try to like mix it up a little bit with more of the peak and valley guys mixed in there as well, or is it more feeling like guys like Robert Woods, who going into this year was hugely consistent last season. We loved him last season. We love him this season. And then guys like Tyreek Hill, say he's not suspended. He's one of the most peak and valley player there is. How do you approach uh, guys like Tyreek Hill and – Robert Woods going into draft season? Well, basically, I approach every draft with the uh, what is on the last page of the guide, which is called the tier draft list. Um, now, that tier draft list is a obviously an Excel file. Uh, that's just a PDF copy on the last page to show you what it's about, and the there's an intro about how it works. But basically, the, what I created this for was to help me and everybody out there, and, and a lot of people love this this thing, is because it's a one page. You literally take one piece of paper to your draft. Um, now, granted, if you're 14 team, 28 rounds, you may not have enough. <laughs> you may need a little bit more detail. 
But for a typical 12-team draft, you can pretty much use this and, and get through. But the idea is, and you read, is then the upper left-hand corner, it's what's called a, a draft advisor. And basically what I do is I tell people, I'm, I'm guiding people, especially I use this for a lot of people who are new or, or struggle with the draft. And it kind of tells them, you know, round one, pick, you know, wide receiver 1A or one or running back 1A. And then, but my goal is every draft is that within the first seven rounds, basically by the end of the seventh round, I want to have a very good core consistent team that's made up of a quarterback, two run, two to three running backs, um, three or four wide receivers and one tight end. Uh, but basically those seven guys should be my core and they, they should be all very consistent players based on my system. Because once I have that core, then I can go and look at those outside guys that might have potential to peak, like a Deshaun Jackson maybe this year, where I can get him in the tenth round as my wide receiver four or five, and you know he's going to have those big games, but you know he might actually turn into a much more consistent player in Philadelphia. So there, I'll take the chances, but I take very few chances in those first seven rounds because I want the consistency core. It's going to make sure that my team is going to be there every week for me. And then I can fill in with a flex player here or a wide receiver three there that might be, you know, in a great matchup or whatever the case may be. But I have to have my guys I can count on. That's what this has always been about. And that's what I take into every draft. You mentioned the guy in Deshaun Watson. I mean, Deshaun Jackson. And not only does Deshaun Jackson, um, is he, you know, sporadic when he's on the field, but he's also sporadically on the field in general. Um, injuries obviously play a key role in the game of football in general, especially fantasy football. How much does injuries play a role in your inconsistency charts? Well, you know, that's something you, I guess you have to look at each player a little differently. You know, people were very down on Keon Allen a couple of years ago and said, well, he has injury issues. Well, his two injuries were a lacerated kidney and, you know, totally broke his ankle. Well, that's not something that you can count on from year to year. But then you got guys like Jordan Reed um, or, you know, Deshaun Jackson, who had a little bit of an example there. He certainly has missed his games. But there's certainly players that you know every year are going to miss three or four games just because that's who they are. So that's the difference I look at when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, but you're right. Deshaun Jackson, you know, hasn't played a full season, at least the past three games. Last year he only played. He missed four games, but he was 58% consistent when he was on the field, which actually ranked him in the top, you know, 36 wide receivers. So in a very crowded wide receiver scenario in Tampa Bay, and he still could be 58% consistent, even with all the mouths to feed there. Now he goes and has a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, camaraderie already with Wentz. They're working together. Really the only other guy he's got on the other side of the field to be concerned about is Alshon Jeffries, but Alshon Jeffries is also an injury issue. So I feel like Went or Jackson could be a really good value as a wide receiver four, uh, and probably will get wide receiver three consistency out of him. That's the kind of guy I'm going to look for, and that's why I'll, I'll look at the scenarios of, of injuries. Is it enough to be concerned? Jordan Reed is an obvious one, you know, or Tyler Eifert, or you know, you just know it's just a matter of time before something's going to happen that you know they're going to go down for the count. 
Um, those guys I'll definitely stay away from, but uh, definitely something I keep in the back of my mind, but I don't actually incorporate it into the consistency. It's just how consistent are they when they're on the field? So let me ask you, uh, obviously when you're putting this guide together, you are soaking in a whole lot of knowledge. Uh, you're looking at every single player that's basically fantasy starter worthy, even besides that in the NFL. So when you're putting together that knowledge, are you looking at it as more of a predictive or a descriptive? I look at it a little of both. Um, I, you know, one is that it is a historical, just like any fantasy magazine that's going to have historical data. It's going to show the last three years. Um, you know, and you can see how they do, you know. So when I went into putting this guide together, the two things I, the, the things that I wanted in the actual profiles themselves that was important to me was not only the typical three years of data, but it's three years of data, both fantasy total points in a PPR, but also fantasy consistency. So you can see a guy, you know, like a Deshaun Jackson, who was, you know, had ranked 43rd in fantasy points, but it was 58%, so he's 29th in consistency. So if he could play a few more games, he would have been, you know, top 36 as well. Uh, but just that that kind of helps identify the who's really going to help your team and who's not, and not just totally rely on total fantasy points and not rely on total consistency as well. Uh, one of the other things that I put in that profile is the number of uh, clutch games by week so that you can look at a guy who might have a great first half or a great second half uh, and identify maybe some sleepers that might be undervalued, and, and I'll help identify those as well. But the biggest thing for me that I always wanted to have was how consistent are these players in the different game scenarios? How are they home versus away? How are they when they're at home against a top 10 defense or a bottom 10 defense? And that is in there for every single player so that you not only can use this magazine for your draft, but then you can keep it. And when you're kind of comparing a couple of wide receivers or a couple of tight ends for a start, you can look at their game scenario and look in the guide and kind of compare the two face to face and go, oh, wow, it's obvious that, you know, uh, Drew Brees, you know, or Ben Roethlisberger is 90 percent consistent at home. Uh, he's playing at home this week, even though it's a good defense. He still is, you know, 80% consistent. So I'm going to go with Roethlisberger because, you know, my other choice is Matt Ryan, and he's, you know, at home against a top-10 defense. He's only 50% consistent. So that's the three things in that profile. So those are kind of the predictive things that you can use um, to kind of look at and go, yeah, they have been consistent. They have been consistent in the past, or they've been consistent in these game scenarios. So you can use that, whether it's DFS or for just using your start-sit matchups. But it kind of has a little bit of both. So one group of NFL players that you really can't predict based off past performance are the rookies, of course. And I've always been more risk-averse when it comes to rookies. Unless it's like Saquon or Zeke, I don't really touch rookies in rounds like even really two through eight because they just never really seem to live up to ADP. It's just a lot of hype and ADP gets, keeps getting pushed up. So how yep. do you uh, view rookies when you head into drafts? Well, it's glad you brought that up. So if you if you turn to page nine in your your guide, uh, you will see that every year I do this article, and it is called rookies versus consistency. And this and because so, that's the, I get this question every interview forever since I started doing this. Why not rookies? What about rookies? Why? How can you rate their consistency? And I just say, well, 
here's what I show people. Uh, in On page nine, it shows that since 2010, when I started doing this calculation, there have been 385 quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends drafted in just the first four rounds. Of those players, only 32 of them have actually earned over a 60% uh, consistency rating in their rookie season, and they've played more than 10 games. Now, a couple guys have went three for four and then got hurt. Um, So that means that 8.31%, so less than 10% of all rookies that come out in the first four rounds, not just all rookies, first four rounds, they're supposed to be the best rookies, um, are earning a consistency rating over 60%. Last year, there were only two, Saquon, of course, and Baker Mayfield, who was 64%. Now, he obviously went hot the second half of the year. He was 75% over the last eight games, uh, but because he had a few you know, slow starts, you know, kind of got his, his feet wet, uh, he ended the year at 64%, so he just made it over. But that's the only two players that even went over 60% last year. Tight ends are only 3% forever. There's only been two, Evan Ingram and Jordan Reed. Um, so, you know, Gronk didn't, Tyler, uh, 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 Kelsey didn't, uh, Burtz didn't. So, you know, a lot of tight ends came out this year, a lot of excitement about these rookie tight ends. They're never very consistent in their, their rookie season. Now, they can't happen, just saying it's very rare. So that's what I put out there just to show people. You want to take a rookie, that's fine, but here's the data that shows that it may not be the best choice, depending on where you're getting them. Yeah, we're, we're with you in the rookie tight ends. We're huge on the sway away from the rookie tight ends in fantasy. Like the most, re- like you said, Evan Ingram, I believe, was most recent tight end to even end in the top yeah. 10, and that was just because of injuries. It's just a minefield when people try to select rookie tight ends and it never works out. So we just, we really try to pound to our listeners not to take tight end, rookie tight ends in fantasy drafts. Right. Yep. Totally agree. Bob Lung, founder of the big guy fantasy sports and creator of the S I mean, FSWA, excuse me, 2008 publication of the year, the fantasy football consistency guide. Again, that guide is currently on sale. You can get it with 20% off with the code BROTO, that's B-R-O-T-O. Uh, Bob, where could they find you and where could they find this guide? They can find the guide at BigGuyFantasySports.com. That's the place to uh, use the BROTO discount. Uh, just put it in. There's a coupon code section. You put that in, it saves you 20%. Uh, and it saves you 20% off the guide and off of the VIP access. So if you want to, uh, it's only $19.99, so you're saving basically $4, so it's $15.99. Uh, you get full access. That's all the guide, all the updates, all the tier draft list updates, uh, full access to all the articles, uh, the the uh, consistency report tool, which is the online, you put in your scoring method, re- hit the calculate button, and it'll show you how consistent the players are in your league under right. your scoring method, which I think is very important for people because a lot of times you're non-PPR or six points for passing touchdown or one and a half for tight ends. Uh, you know, everybody has a little qu- uh, quirk to their, their league. You can put in the scoring method and it will give you who the most consistent players are by position. Uh, and, and we just actually got that revamped. The cool thing now is you can do that and then you can download it into Excel and then you can play around with the numbers uh, as much as you want from there as well. So uh, we just had that revamped. Uh, it actually just went live a couple of days ago. So, uh, um, but yeah, so that, that's where the consistency report is. And that's only, like you said, with your guys' discount, it's only fifteen ninety nine for the whole season from now till the end of the year. 
You take two tra- true target value to see who gets the most, so who has the most valuable targets. Then you use the consistency side who is most consistent with it, and then you win your championship, baby. Bong, Bob Lung, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate your time. Thanks a lot, Bob. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me, man. Bob Lung, thank you so much for coming on. Bob Lung, he called Bob Lung because if you don't get his fantasy consistent guide, you won't be able to breathe in fantasy. A boom boom. Because of the long part of that. Because the long part. Uh, get you, it? You killed get that it, joke. Bob Lung, right? That was that was so good. Uh, Jason, where can they find you? They don't call him Bob Gills. <laughs> Why are you laughing at that one? <laughs> that was not. That good. was a better joke on top of your bad joke. No, like, it wasn't. He, when you no, put a bad joke on a bad joke, it becomes a funny no, hole. It wasn't. You know what's a joke? <laughs> the fact that you can't. Speak at the top of the damn microphone. Guys, Speak. behind the scenes, Jason is constantly talking into the side of the mic. That's why if you ever hear Jason just slowly fade away, that's why. Top of the mic, Jason. At Jason Patrop. <laughs> I'll answer your question now. Uh, Mike, where can they find you? At Mike underscore Patrop. You can find me at Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only frisky. if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Thanks again to Bob Lung for joining us. And reminder to go to brodoff.com, click on the link on top, and buy his guide with code BRODO. Yeah, you know, you get you get 20% money. 20% off. You get money off, and, uh, you know, we're not doing this for free. So help us out. We could use the cash. You know what I'm saying? We're, what? We're, we're doing the podcast for free. Yes. But the promo. You know, you put in the Brodo code and we, you know, you know how it works. You know how the advertisement industry works these days. That's how it works. Bob Lung's helping us out. We're helping Bob get Lung out. People helping people. But go go help us out. Go buy that, please. Uh, not only will you help us out, but you'll help yourself out. I, I promise you, you guys know us. We call it the Real Recognize Real Hotline because we only give you people that you can trust. And we... We really do love this consistency guide, and it's a pl- it's something that you can't get anywhere else for the price you're getting it from Bob. Um, you can get it other places, but it costs more money, and it's not as intricate as Bob's. So look at Bob's. We're telling you that in good in good spirits. And as if you guys have been following us on Twitter lately, you know that if you're a fraud in the fantasy industry, we might be coming for you. We're gonna leave it at that. Follow us on Twitter at Roto Fantasy if you want to see what we're talking about. Until next time, peace. No, you don't.